of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thanks for hanging out with us, America. We're so glad you're here. My co-host today, Ramsey personality, Jade Washaw. And for this segment, we invited Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of the book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, and apparently getting ready to be a number one best-selling author on this new one called Building a Non-Anxious Life. Uh, we put this thing up for sale in pre-sale yesterday, and it is breaking records. Thank you, guys. We appreciate your response to it. Apparently, there's a lot of people that need to build a non-anxious life, or they know someone that does. And so thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate your response. The book is $20, and we give you $75 worth of goodies to pre-purchase it. The book will actually be shipped to you on pub date October 3rd, along with the audiobook, the ebook. And right now, as soon as you buy it, we're going to send you a copy of John's uh, one of his talks as well, which is a really good talk. And so this whole subject of anxiety misunderstood, isn't it, John? Yeah, we, we've got a whole culture designed to help people not feel anxious anymore. And I think we've gone about that all the wrong way. I think anxiety is our body trying to get our attention and say, hey, we're not okay on, a, on, on multiple areas. We're not okay. And if you just climb up in your, in your kitchen, man, and you pull the batteries out of the smoke alarm, You've stopped the noise, man, but your house is going to burn down around you. Yeah. I mean, I, it, you should feel anxious if crap is going bad. Absolutely. I mean, if you're standing in the interstate and an 18-wheeler is coming at you, you should be anxious. Exactly. If, if you owe a bunch of money, if you're at a, at a place where you're not safe, if you're in an abusive relationship, if um, you haven't slept in four days and you live off Red Bull and, yeah. and – Taking pills to get rid of your anxiety doesn't solve the problem. Doesn't solve the pro- it does turn the alarms down. doesn't solve the problem, right? And so – we just simply have to have a conversation um, across the country about reimagining the way we do our lives. And hey, by the way, this is a conversation I've been having for several years with my friends who are medical practitioners, who are therapists, psychologists. Everybody knows. We know that it's it's kind of in this log jam, and it just takes some people to have some have the conversation. We live in the most anxious. All the data says the most anxious culture in history. It's wild, man. It's wild. And the wealthiest. Yeah. And the there's all these reasons it shouldn't be. But it is. It's we have wild. no saber-toothed tigers. Tigers. I'm 100%. I've data to prove that. We have no saber-toothed there are tigers. no saber-toothed tigers chasing us, so we don't have to be anxious. But we have 10 o'clock texts from our bosses saying, where's the budget? And we have emails, and we have mother-in-laws, and our bodies just can't handle it all, man. There so it what is. you're saying, it's no. not just a DNA genetic thing? Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely not. That's one of the big ones is, hey, this is just the way you are. Right. Sorry. Um, you, you have a disease. Yeah, you were, you were born broken you're right. not your body's not right um almost there, there's some rare medical exceptions but almost always no some people are more sensitive like to the world i am mm-hmm. my wife is not right i can mm-hmm. say hey i think we're gonna die and she's like we're fine john right <laughs> so my, my my alarms are tuned a little, little more finely than hers um but no i'm not broken in any way yeah and there's six daily choices that you can engage in which will address the real problems the the real fire that's causing the smoke alarm to go off the problem is causing the anxiety to come up and if you address those six daily choices that's how you build a non-anxious life yeah and i think that what you said is important they're very hard though well and some of them some of them are going to be easy for people like for my wife budgeting and paying off debt okay that just makes sense for me a budget felt like i was getting dragged behind a boat right um for other people like going to counseling that wasn't hard for me like i'm happy to do that some people will fight that tooth and nail and so everybody has 
different challenges. Some of these are going to be easier. Some of these are going to be harder. But I've heard it said this way, and this isn't definitely, I didn't make this up, but if you want to begin to heal your mental health and you want to begin to change your emotional health, it's like brushing your teeth. We don't want to get cavities. And so we brush our teeth in the morning. We brush our teeth in the evening. And so really this book is laying it out as simple as brushing your teeth. Here are some things you can do every day. Here's some things you can do every week, every month um, that are going to create a culture where you might get the occasional cavity. And by the way, this book does not insulate you from bad things happening. Your mom's going to get sick. You're going to get a kid that um, gets bullied at school. You're going to lose your job. That's life. But this book is about giving you the margin and capacity to take life when it hits you in the mouth. And the life we live now, Dave, we're so spun up and burned out and anxious and fried. And then when life does what life does, we're out. We have no capacity. It just knocks you out of the saddle. That's right. So, yeah, but this will fill you. You get your tank full, then stuff comes at you. you got right. a full tank to deal with it. Yep. Yeah, it's your, it's your only shot. So good stuff. Building a non-anxious life. Uh, Ramsey Publishing's latest number one bestseller, I'm sure. Not yet officially, but we won't know till October. But by the way, you guys, speaking of that, can help us by pre-purchasing the book. It'll help John, help us. We appreciate it. So if you want to be a supporter of what we're doing, that one way you do it is simply buy the book early. We're going to bribe you to do it. The book's 20 bucks, <laughs> and we're going to give you $75 worth of goodies uh, to buy it early. And because of all the sales we make, before pub date count on pub date towards the bestseller list so legally technically we've got it all worked out no nobody scamming anybody we're we're not scamming the list we're just trying to sell a bunch of books and help a bunch of people pretty simple or help a bunch of people sell a bunch of books however that works and so jump on at ramseysolutions.com the book is called building a non-anxious life dr john deloney's latest uh, we did issue a quick read back last year which is a chapter book basically 37 pages about read called redefining anxiety that sold 150,000 copies of this tiny little pamphlet book mm. and proving that this subject matters yeah and it was my buddies who were psychologists and counselors who are in, in, in medical doctors who were buying it by the case and just giving it to their their clients and their patients saying hey this is as simple as we can get it to you we can help you out with this and i think that's a, a, another important thing I spent 20 years in higher education. I spent 20 years with some of the greatest, loving, wonderful scientists, great thinkers, great people. And this book isn't written for them. This book is written for folks who are who don't read a lot of books, who are just trying to, just want, I got two, two kids and I just want a little more peace in my home. I'm an over-the-road truck driver and I just want to be a better dad and I don't even know where to start. Um, this is the exhausted 50-year-old mom who who... It has to do something different. This is the 61-year-old dad who's just like, hey, I want to re-engage with my kids after a lifetime of kind of being separate. This is a book for people who don't read books. This is I try to make it as simple as possible and as direct and clean and clear as possible. Um, the goal here is not to sound smart. The goal here is to help people live a better life. Well, look, I'm a person who's not ever considered myself an anxious person. Mm -hmm. And I read Redefining Anxiety. I read Own Your Past, Change Your Future. I can't wait to read this book I because I think even if you're not a person who would say, I'm anxious, or there's so many day-to-day -day things that take place in our life that affect us. And you can just keep your head down and just keep going through acting like it's not having an effect on you. And it is. And even if you don't consider yourself uh, labeled in that way, there's still so much in this book that is going to be able to help you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Congratulations on another success, Dr. John. Thank you much for your support. Grateful. Dr. John Deloney, the book is Building a Non-Anxious Life, RamseySolutions.com. Click on the store. Get you one. This is The Ramsey Show.
Hey folks, Dave Ramsey here. There are moments in life we don't want to forget, like your kid's graduation or the once-in-a-lifetime trip. For the big moments, the everyday moments, and everything in between, every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it. It's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan, save, and spend for the important things. Budget for the life you really want, every moment of it. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today, every dollar. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Carlos is with us in San Antonio, Texas. Hi, Carlos. How are you? Hi. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Sure. What's up? Well, um, I live abroad. I live and work abroad. Um, I'm finally back in the U.S. after about four years. I was stuck because of COVID. Um, so about a year and a half ago, I sold my house while I was abroad, and I wanted to now finally uh, use the money and invest and make it work for me. Um, now I've been back in the U S for about two years. I have a meeting with a, a friend who's a banker. We're going to talk about possible investments, but, um, I have a friend who bought a piece of uh, property in Thailand for about 30, 30,000 in cash. And, um, I was thinking about doing the same thing. So I might actually be in Thailand in about the next three weeks or so to take a look at some things. Um, it's just the first time I've had a, quite a chunk of change in the bank with, uh, and being debt free. So I was looking to do something with that. What is the uh, size of the chunk of change? Uh, in the bank, I have about two, two hundred ninety thousand. Okay, and what do you make a year? Oof, uh, I would say about eighty thousand, but I pretty much live uh, for free. Not not for free, but it's very yeah. the cost okay. of living is very low. I got you. Yeah. Um, I would not buy that. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a bazillion $30,000 investments to do in the United States. And um, the Thai economy is excellent. Uh, it is a fairly stable situation. But there is not any, um, any close to any country in the world that is as stable and predictable an environment as the United States. And when I buy investments, I want stable and predictable. And, um, the thing that we forget as Americans is, is that, uh, you know, ever so often some of these countries just blow up and I'm not predicting Thailand's going to blow up. That is not what I said. Okay. But we're just not used to the, uh, volatility of government, the volatility of things, um, and, and for, uh, you have to have a predictable environment for economics to work. That's why law and order, order versus, uh, the opposite of order is chaos. And so when you have chaos, you do not have a predictable environment and business and mer merchants and transactions cannot occur predictably. That's why the inner city in some of these wonderful American cities have just been destroyed because they've lost the uh, they've lost order they've turned to chaos and, uh, and that's a miniature version of it happening to an entire country so uh, I, I would instead have my money stateside uh, than, than doing your, your very first investment in 10 percent or 20 percent of your whole net worth is going to be in a less predictable environment 
That's a kind, easy way of saying it. So mm-hmm. you can do it if you want to, but I wouldn't. That's my reasoning. I wouldn't do it. Not, no. You and I have both traveled all over the world. Yes. And it's easy to, when you're when you're traveling, it's also easy as an American to say, okay, everywhere operates the same way. And it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And and you kind of get enamored with these places. It's like, oh, what, this would be so nice. And you're so seeing. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Exactly. I, I just think that with real estate, especially, it sounds like he's a guy that hops around. He likes to travel. It just feels like not the move i'm with you i would invest stateside it's an environment that you probably know a little bit more about not to mention his buddy the banker gave him the advice which no he was meet, meeting with him later about meeting with the bank okay because i was like i don't know if i yeah. let my banker tell me to invest i'm not gonna in Thailand. let my buddy the, my banker tell me anything about investments <laughs> okay. bankers are where you deposit money not yes. where you go for investment advice that's right so uh anyway th- so that's the second part of the equation you didn't ask carlos but i would go to an actual professional broker that gives people advice not a banker mm-hmm. uh, there's a difference there's a substantial difference but the way their brains work so yeah if you want to find out who we recommend for that just click on smart vester at ramsey solutions and you'll find someone that is a professional that knows what they're doing mm-hmm. that um that it does investing for a living and works with uh, giving advice for a living and that kind of, and that's who i that's who i have in my corner and jade has in her corner yeah. so but uh, so that's the second part of unsolicited advice here. So. Well, he was on the right track wanting to pay cash. But, you know, that that. Yeah, he is. And, and that does parlay. I mean, I'll, I'll continue that conversation. Um, the uh, I, I was thinking about this the other day. One of my buddies is all torqued out about all the anarchy stuff and all the mm-hmm. the protests and people burning stuff down. And he was just he's going nuts. His brains, you know, he's all he's all he's spending way too much of his calories on it because it hadn't got anything to do with him really but mm-hmm. but I, I was trying to explain to him it's it's not the um i mean the weird thing about anarchy is if it works you burn everything to the ground yeah. and there's nothing left that's the purpose of anarchy is mm-hmm. chaos to destroy every known existing institution okay mm-hmm. and so when you do that 100 percent of the time what happens after that another group of institutions rise up and they start ruling and the anarchists are now in charge of that, mm-hmm. which is the actual paradox of anarchy. Yeah. So, I mean, and the problem with all of that idea is that in the process of doing that, you destroy, you know, what's happening on a miniature level, as I said, where you do not have a predictable environment of order mm. versus chaos. Mm-hmm. You cannot do business. So, in other words, let's just put it into basic terms. Uh Little couple has saved up money. They got 40,000 bucks and they want to open an ice cream shop. Okay. They are not, if they have wisdom, going to open an ice cream shop in an area that regularly kicks in the windows and steals everything because they're putting their stuff at risk. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if you want to make sure that your area has absolutely no business investment, which leads to prosperity because it leads to employment. If you want to make sure your area has that, then just remove order and insert chaos because you will guarantee the failure of prosperity in the area because it's a natural thing for people to say, I'm not going to open my ice cream shop where people are going to burn it. Absolutely. I mean, it's silly, you know, and, and some of these cities, the inner cities are not coming back after these riots. They're just yeah. sitting down there boarded up. And that's why, because people lost the belief 
that there was order. Mm-hmm. Instead, they have a belief that there's chaos. So when someone says law and order, sometimes people think, oh, well, that means the police are just kicking people and hitting people. That isn't what it means at all. Mm-hmm. Law and order means that there's a law and order is kept mm-hmm. as opposed to chaos. And that's not a, a racial decision. That's not a defund the police decision. It's none of those things at all. It's simple that you cannot have economic prosperity in areas where you do not have a predictable environment. And so you've got to, and the same thing happens in your personal life. You have to create a predictable environment. So if all you and your wife, your husband do is fight all the time, very seldom are you going to prosper because you're in the middle of chaos all the time and you don't have a predictable environment. So it's very difficult to invest in, believe in, and pour your life into something called a future. Mm-hmm. Because all you're dealing, you're, you're burning all your calories dealing with the toxic mess that is in your house. And so it can be in your house, it can be in your town, it can be in your country, but order is essential to prosperity. Mm. And, and that, that's what I was trying to explain to my buddy who's drunk the Kool-Aid of some right-wing crazy butt stuff. But, um, you know, it's a very simple thing, and it's not a mean thing, and it's not really even a moral judgment. It's not a... Uh, uh, you know what do we do about it yeah what do you do about but you got to have order and if you don't have order then you're not by definition ultimately going to have prosperity i hear what you're saying dave has to be a predictable environment and so that that's the thing and investments business investments where jobs come from uh you're not going to have the little couple's not going to open their ice cream store and that just tells you what's happening and so that's what's weird is if you burn your own neighborhood down that's what you're doing to yourself it is not just your, your it, it, it it's, it's just so illogical i don't get it this is the ramsey show hey guys it's rachel you've heard me talk about christian healthcare ministries a health cost sharing ministry but i want you to hear from one of their members abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy but she said chm shared all of her eligible pregnancy related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, joins me today. Jay is in Boise, Idaho. Hi, Jay. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thank you so much. This is awesome to be on here. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you. How can Um, we help? So just to give a little preface, um, my company that I work for, they're awesome. They, uh, we had our trade leadership, the summit in April. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I started to learn about you guys. And then they offered to buy everyone SPU if they wanted it. And of course, I jumped on my wife. And so we're in that right now. And so anyway, we're, I think week two or three right now. And, um, I guess my question is, is I, we have a student loan debt, a student loan and a car loan that we're going to completely pay off in January, the car loan. But I also have a social impact business on the side. And so I'm trying to figure out what, like, is there a way to kill two birds with one stone? Like what's the smartest way to do that? Like to make sure that I'm paying off my debt wisely, but also not leaving the, the, my business, um, stagnant. Does that make sense? Yes. I do think, okay, so you've got a job that you like and you've got this business on the side, right? 
So what right. percentage of your income, your personal income is coming from the job that you love and what percentage of the income is coming from your business? I would say 95% comes from my, the job that I love. And then All like right. 5% comes. It's, it's then really I kind of think it's a little bit of a moot point, right? Because you've got this income here that you can easily use towards going towards your debt and the, you know, 5%, you know, like reinvested in your business or whatever, keep it going. But it's not as though, you know, that business is your sole thing and you're trying to decide, should I take this money out to help my feed my family or should I reinvest it? You've got the ability to kind of have that on the side, keep it going. And then you've got the, the vast, vast majority of your income to throw towards your debt snowball. What do you make? So I, with my current job, I make close to 70000 Then I also, I'm a freelancer on the side with two clients that make me another 10000 a year. And then I have that business on the side. Which makes how much? Um, it's, let's see. It's not profitable. It's not, no, it's, it's profitable. It's just a very small amount of profit. Um, like a couple hundred bucks. Uh, and if, yeah. Like I say a couple, like last year we made maybe three or four grand this year. We made maybe, maybe two grand. Um, so what it basically, sorry to give you a little preface on that. What it is, is I, I sell Polynesian design shirts to the mm-hmm. number one paid tourist attraction in Hawaii. Okay. And with that money, I pull out like five to 10% of that profit, but the rest of it, I'm using it to help Polynesian to, um, achieve their dreams basically. So like whether that's through a scholarship, that's through, um, home ownership, things like that. But right now, obviously it's so small. I've only been in, be able, been able to endorse two or three people yeah. um, with their endeavors. Um, which has been great. Just leave that thing alone. Mm-hmm. Let it run okay. itself. Don't add to okay. it. Don't take anything out of it. Okay. And then go then go work your stuff. Now, how much is your car debt and your student loan debt? So my car debt is um, it is ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my wife's student loan debt is uh, around thirty two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, and in January. Well, we're gonna we're paying our car off enough to where I think by January we should have it down to maybe eighty five hundred, and there's an incentive bonus that I'm planning on getting from the company that'll wipe that out that car loan out. That's our plan to use that. Okay, you need to pay off more than fifteen hundred dollars worth of debt in six months. Okay, you need to gear this up. That's gonna take forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you guys need to lean in. Let's get the let's get a whole bunch of stuff. It'd be really fun if you could like have the car paid off by January. Really? Yeah, and then throw the eighty five hundred at the student loan or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. I, I want to gear this up, and that may be gearing up the freelance. It's certainly going to be gearing down some of your spending. Definitely. And right. uh, I, I really want to lean into this and get this stuff gone because you got forty two thousand dollars worth of debt. You make eighty. So if you want to yeah. be done in two years, you need to have, do twenty one thousand dollars a year. That's almost two thousand dollars a month, not two thousand dollars between now and Christmas. Mm-hmm. You can do that. You can do that. I think I can do it too. No, I know you can do it. We can do it. You you can do it. Yep, this is doable. You you can get there, Jay. And that that's that's how I do the. You just run your math out like that, and then it makes it believable. And once it's believable, then the hustle's worth it. That's right. The grind is worth it. The extra hours are worth it. But you got to believe it's going to something. It's not just a rat in a wheel anymore. Right. I got You got to feel the traction. You got to see the traction. And when you do that, then you'll go do anything. I mean, that's he and his wife. He making an additional thousand dollars a month doing something. 
They and his what? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's how much quickly, how much more quickly they could move. Yeah, I, I double the freelance. Yeah. And just let the let the uh, uh, we don't want the uh, social impact to to run out. Sure. But we also don't. We're not trying to put a bunch of calories into it to run it up. That's right. right. Now. We're, That's we right. let it just sit there and maintain. And then when you get this debt clear, you're going to be in a position to really lean into it and make it go. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Yeah, very good, Jay. Very cool. Hey, thanks for calling in, man. Mm-hmm. Stacy's with us in Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Stacy. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Sure. What's up? Um, I really appreciate your show. Um, I've only been a listener for a couple weeks now, and I'm obsessed with you guys. I think everything you have to say is awesome, and it totally applies to everyday life. But thank you. We appreciate that kind of obsession. <laughs> I, 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 yes, I am. I, I actually fall asleep at night to you in my ear. Oh, that, no, that, that, yeah. that's, that's going level, too far. Though. That's going too far. <laughs> we it's still love you, though. <laughs> um, I love the callers that call in that make 100000 That's what I keep hearing. I do hear some single moms call in, but I'm one of those. So, And I appreciate your podcast and all your information. I just, I was hoping maybe that you could give me some advice as a single parent because it's really hard to squeeze blood out of a turnip, you know, it's yep. kinda, I'm really trying. I'm actually, you know, looking into um, selling my house and I, I've been here for 14 years and I bought it for, you know, very cheap. And why why are you selling it? Um, I, I want something smaller mm-hmm. and more accessible. One floor ranch type. Mm-hmm. But the how, neighborhood how I bought it in is, me? Oh gosh, I'm almost forty eight. And how many kids do you have? I have two. Two. What are their ages? Twenty seven and fifteen. Okay. okay. So you want something smaller and accessible, you're downsizing preparation to be an empty nester. Yeah, and I was wanting to buy some land. It's kind of like been in my heart to buy land and maybe purchase a mobile home or build a no. small house on that land. No, no mobile no. homes. They go down in value. Um What about the land? Land would be okay, but I'm confused. Is that are we doing a house or are we doing land? Well, I'm kind of tired with this house, so I was thinking of land with a small house, like maybe building something really small on that land. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's nothing on fire here to do this. You can do it anytime in the next three or four years, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, 15-year-old leaves home. It'd be nice to have it done. My house is double from what Zillow and whatever, whoever says it's double than what I bought it for. So what would you, what would you take away from it? Um, at least a hundred grand. Okay. And what do you make? I don't make much. So I'm a nurse. I do home care. I have my own home care business. I, that's another thing. I don't make much. So I'm kind of like, that's what I'm saying. Like drawing nothing. It's hard. Why don't you make much doing nurse home care? Well, I do. I charge my own rates, but it's still. What is your income? What do you pay taxes on? How much do you make? I make about 50 a year and I have to be there for my son. Yeah, he's older, but I have to be there because, you know, he's that age. I'm working. Why have you chosen to make half what you can make? Well, that's part of the question I'm asking. What else can I do? I'm kind of stuck, I guess. Uh, I mean, it might not be as flexible or it might not be exactly what you want to do but nurses can make 80 to 100k and uh, in cleveland ohio and so i'm going to start thinking about how i can go make some money to make some of these other dreams come true um instead of uh 
Yeah, you're you're under your income's under what you're what you should be making for your uh, wonderful career field, uh, and I think that would help you move some things along. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey guys, whether you're starting on a card table like I did, or well on your way to becoming a multi-million dollar company, NetSuite can help your team communicate and plan ahead better, like they do for Ramsey. Let me tell you, NetSuite really helped us get our systems together. And more than 37,000 other companies also use NetSuite to know their numbers and their business better. So check out NetSuite today and find out how they can help you become the business you want to be five or 30 years from now. And right now you can download NetSuite's free KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance at netsuite.com slash Ramsey. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Ashley is in Denver. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Sure. What's up? Uh, my husband and I are, are wanting to sell one of our side businesses, which is a vending machine business. Mm-hmm. And we are wondering if we should hire a business broker or what are our best options to try and sell this business? How many uh, machines have you got? Had, uh, about 30 locations, 30 machines, or okay. a little more. Um, What's it making? Like 30, 35 machines. Uh, this year, we are estimated to make 90K. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, it was like around 75. And then um, the year before that was about 65 to 70 um, post-pandemic. But we profit about somewhere between 60 to 65. Cool. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you ever sold a business before? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, well, the uh, a business broker, a good one, would uh, bring two thi- or three things for you. One is they're going to help you put an accurate value on it. Two is mm-hmm. uh, they're going to obviously have some potential clients, we hope, that they'll do, mm-hmm. bring to it. And three is they'll help you uh, do the paperwork a part of the transaction in a way that protects you and the buyer. Uh, if they're yeah, a good business broker. Now the, I'm sorry? Okay. That was our biggest concern is the paperwork and verifying funds. Okay. Well, you can do all of that. Uh, probably less expensive with a basic attorney if you have an attorney that you use for things. that It's really not, a, it's really not rocket science to transfer the assets and, and to verify payment um, in escrow in order to do that. that. That's really not that big a deal. You think you, fi- you, think you find the buyer? Um, no, we don't have anybody. We're hoping to try and sell this by the end of the year, but uh, we're just kind of in the, um, starting out stages of figuring Mm -hmm. out what to do next. Mm -hmm. What's made you kind of, I'm just curious, what made you say, I want to, we're ready to sell this business. Um, we think it's kind of run its course. It was, it's been really great to us. Um, Mm -hmm. but we also have a couple other side businesses plus my husband's, um, full-time job. Um, and it's just kind of, um, it is very labor intensive and um, takes a lot of our time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just are kind of thinking it'd be nice to kind of unload it, basically. So um, you say you make a, a profit of, of sixty. That doesn't count paying you labor. Uh, I mean, it's just me and my husband, so we don't really pay you it's labor. Just basically, the you're, you're, in other words, the sixty is after cost of goods sold, but you didn't pay any labor out of that. Mm-mm. No. Okay. All right. 
So the way you value a business is you value it as a standalone business, not people working for free. Okay. okay. And so you know, by that, I mean an absentee investor. And so if I wanted to actually value it, I would say, what would it, and I wanted to buy it. I live in Tennessee and I wanted to have somebody run it. What would it cost me to hire somebody to run it and run the machines? Probably 30 mm-hmm. or 40 grand, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that probably right? I don't know. How long, how many hours a uh, week does it take to run it? Um, probably, I mean, depending on how many locations we have to do that week, it could only just about four or five. Well, I mean, average through, throughout the yeah, month. You, I'm sorry. Uh, probably about five hours a week. Okay, cool. Okay. Then it's not 30 or 40 K. Part time. You have somebody uh, as a part time. If you hired a part time employee to do all the work. What would you pay them, do you think, for five hours a week to go do this stuff? I mean, if you paid them really, really good, you pay them a couple hundred bucks a week, right? Sure. So like ten, <laughs> I'm sorry, my husband's the, the more numbers. Person well, I mean, okay. I mean, that would be, <laughs> that, that would if you paid them $20 an hour, that would be $100 for five hours, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And if you doubled that, paid them $40 an hour, make it the best part-time job on the planet. Okay. <laughs> right then you got two hundred dollars a week and so eight hundred dollars a month is ten thousand dollars a year okay so i'm trying to figure out if i wanted to hire somebody to do this if i could find somebody trustworthy and pay them really good per hour mm-hmm. but then uh and then i, I trust them with the whole operation and so let's call that ten thousand dollars okay so if you made 60 and i pay labor out of it now you got a fifty thousand dollar net worth so you're our fifty thousand dollar net profit so the way we value most businesses and i'm not used to valuing particularly vending machine businesses but basically a business is worth somewhere around four to five times its net profit after all real expenses are removed so that means that this business is worth somewhere around 200 to 250 does that sound like anything y'all been talking about no what you think it was worth we were were thinking it was more or less like 70 or 80k oh really why where did you get that (laughs) uh that's just kind of um in like the vending or at least what we had seen in the vending world that's kind of what people had sold it for okay one one times cash flow Okay. Well, that might be, mm-hmm. it might be what it's worth. Okay. I don't know. Um, and okay. so, uh, but that, so there we go again. Do you want a business broker? So if you sell something for 70 K, what's the business broker going to get 20% commission, 15% commission, whatever it is, that's, you know, is it worth, uh, you know, 15, 10, 10 15,000 bucks for, uh, them to help you value this properly and to do the paperwork and to help you find a buyer. I'm trying to see how this is worth it for you guys to sell. You should just at looking at these numbers just hire someone to do the part that you don't want to do because you're the you're in the position to profit and not do the work you're just overseeing somebody trustworthy who you're going to pay ten thousand dollars a year that's kind of the problem we're not quite sure who we could even figure out to hire there's a lot of cash involved um and things like that um we mm-hmm. don't do just strictly credit cards so it would be so you're going to the someone. machines picking up getting all the cash you've got all the coins and everything yeah, hmm. I see. That's uh, interesting. I, well, okay. I, I'm going to. Add, I, I told you up front. I don't know how to value a vending machine business. I'm valuing a business in general. Mm-hmm. So I want you to do some more research, um, rather than I just heard from some guy who sold a machine once. 
Uh, I really want to find out what the standard is in mm-hmm. that industry. If it is only one-time cash flow, huh, that's not much. I'm ke- if it's one-time cash flow, I'm keeping it, and I'm hiring somebody. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. You but know? the uh, uh, but if you can get two times or three times, and the and it's the going different. rate is two times, but that say it. Let, let's pretend you accepted sixty thousand bucks for this business, and it was actually worth one twenty. Or 200 mm-hmm. well they're a business broker would have paid for themselves helping you properly value it so call some business brokers to have some conversations and find out what it is they're going to get that makes them worth what you are paying them and that's what it amounts to that's good. Uh, if that's you good want word. to value your own business then you would search among friends in other cities other people in the vending world and try to learn what it's actually worth i truly don't know mm-hmm. i've worked with a lot of different things with vending a lot of different small businesses over the years we work with tens of thousands of small businesses and entree leadership but yeah. I, I that's a standard valuation method it's called a cap rate method that i was using a capitalization rate mm-hmm. and so um th- that's the process that most people use now again that might not be true of something that is like this small and something that is um has a route involved that is true yeah truly don't know but uh it's only worth what it produces that's for sure Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. worth what you paid for the machines Mm -hmm. it's unless they're worth more as machines than they are for what they produce yeah and a key component to that that you brought out is if they're the only workers even if they're not paying themselves they still have to account for what someone would be paid to do that job yeah Hmm. yeah okay so uh, If you look at it another way, I'm just staying on your idea of keeping it. I, I obviously they're not going to keep it, but you and I might. But um, <laughs> yeah. But the uh, I mean, what they make per hour mm-hmm. for their labor is incredible. Yeah. I mean, we're talking they're making 150 bucks an hour. Yeah, she says it's only five hours a week. Yeah. So why is this killing you? I don't know. That's why I had more questions, but we maybe could have gone all day on that. Yeah. But. It yeah. seemed like, I think there's travel involved going, it's a route, right? They're going from place to place and you got all those coins. It's like a paper route, only... Yeah, back when there were papers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, now all this left are pamphlets. <laughs> <sighs> this is The Ramsey Show. What's up, guys? It's Jade. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.